Quickly go with me to the book of Luke chapter 15. I'm not going to preach long. I really just come by with a pastoral mindset to remind somebody about the love of God. That's it. I'm going to share a few thoughts with you, then I'm going to sit down. And if I do anything else, I will try to remind you about the grace of God that you have received. And that you're never too big or rise above the grace of God. Amen. Others today boast of their spirituality. I will cast my lot at the grace of Jesus Christ. I hear people all the time say, I would never do this or they would never do that. And now at 40 years of age, I laugh at their foolishness. I know you can't shout over that, it's okay. But at 40 years of age, I'll do this, I'll simply plead the blood of Jesus Christ and the grace of God. And when I get home, I will not talk about my deeds or my merits, but his marvelous, magnificent, unmerited grace that he's extended to me has kept me all the way through. Amen. Amen. Let's read together. The Bible said, then all the tax collectors and sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes complained, saying, this man receives sinners and has the audacity to eat with them. I want to preach just for a few moments this morning, receiving redemption. Receiving redemption. That word receive is mentioned six times up to this point in the book of Luke. It's mentioned again about the grace of God. I want to talk about the redemption that you and all have received, our common salvation that we all share. And I want to remind somebody today about the blood and grace of God. And I want to remind some people, some families in the house, how God will not give up, but he will pursue you as a a father does a child. Amen? Amen? There is nothing, absolutely nothing, nothing that my children can do. Nothing that they can do. I may not condone it. I may not support it. But there is nothing that they could do would ever stop my love for how I feel about my babies. Amen? I'm going to preach about that this morning. To put it mildly, we have a tendency to compl complicate that that is simplistic. Sometimes when we get saved, we come like the man that was born blind and we simply say, I don't know how it happened. I just know that it happened. But over time, as we grow in God, I'm not saying that we're sinful, but sometimes our vocabulary changes. You know, have you ever heard anybody speak? They say a lot of deep words, but they're really not saying anything. Sometimes we try to jazz up our testimonies and jazz up our faith and we move away from the simplistic and the simple fact is that we are saved today because Jesus Christ loved us. He died for us. Now I can try to find some big theological words and I know some. I took enough classes at Lee to give you some great deep, deep theology or I can just be honest with you as an old country boy from Society Hill and tell you he simply madly loved me and died for me. We try to complicate that and we try to make our common salvation, I preached that on Wednesday night, our common meaning that it is not small but that Jude says you and I share the same salvation, one Jesus, one blood, one tongue, and one kindred, and we try to complicate that and make it sound sophisticated because really our story is about a man who was sent by his father to die on a cross, to be thrown in a grave, to get up on the third day, to live forevermore, to be our intercessor now, and soon come back for us. That is a story of our faith today. And we try to make it harder than what it is to classify or, or make it some great depth that it is, but 
is simply the love of God, that reckless love of God, that manly pursued us and said, Neil Dolan, you may mess up, you may mess up a thousand times, but I'm gonna run to you and search to you to the ends of the earth because I love you and I died for you that you might not go to hell but have this abundant life. That's the story of Jesus Christ. I had a preacher text me this week needing help in a sermon and one of our great preachers in the state, he said, I need a sermon on missions. And it really is Genesis 3 and 9. When Adam messed up in the garden, the first man, Adam, Adam that brought the fall of man upon all of us, the Bible says that when he fell, God says in Genesis 3 and 9, he asked the question and the Bible said the Lord called unto Adam and said, Adam, where art thou? It doesn't mean that God didn't know where Adam was. God knows how much hair Russell has on his head. Amen. All 33 hairs that he has, God knows them by number. Amen. I'm, I'm with you. Just stay there. But so it, God wasn't looking for Adam. God wasn't saying, Adam, I can't find you. Now, Adam hid himself. Adam tried to cover his sin, but it wasn't God said, Oh my goodness, I've got to get a GPS to find Adam. He was trying to understand, get Adam to understand that he was lost. And this is the first great missionary step of the Bible. It was God said, Adam, where are you? And I I want you to know, Adam, that I'm looking for you, and I will never ever stop looking for you. No, I don't need you to cover it up. I, I don't need you to make excuses. I don't need you to try to rationalize, Adam. You have messed up, but I also want you to understand I am still God, and you can't get out of this, and you've done something so bad that you can't work your way out of it, but don't worry, Adam. I can get you out of this. I can get you out of the that you've got yourself in, that's the God that you serve this morning. You serve a God, listen to me. I know that you don't give me your real testimony. I know you don't tell people about the night that you were with somebody. And I know you don't testify. You give us that testimony, that partial testimony. But God knows who you really are. So some of you that are on your high horse this morning, let remind you, if it had not been for the grace of God on your side, you could not be sitting in the sanctuary away this morning but simply it was God telling Adam I, Adam I will take care of this God the Father saying son I will take care of this this story of redemption that speaks to us all leads us to tell others about the grace and the power of Almighty God and it drives us to a place far away to foreign lands and missionary fields it makes people like Tim Johnson go to Papua New Guinea it makes young teenagers like, like Aiden Smith say Neil I feel a call to be a missionary and I think I need to go to Mexico it drives us to the depths of the world and we really don't have much to offer except this one story. If God can save me, then God can save you. If God can change me, then God can also change you. It drives us to these fields. Why? Because the same way that God went searching for Adam, he still looks for lost Adams in this house today to bring hope, redemption, justification, regeneration, and 
also salvation. Let me break it down to our terminology. We just call it born again Christians. Nicodemus said, I've done all these things, Jesus. I've come to you by night because I couldn't come to you the day. I would be kicked out of the club and I've kept these things from my youth. I've honored my mother and my father. I've given the temple tax. I love my neighbor. He says, but there's one thing, son, you have not done. You must be born again. Listen to me. The story of the love of God is to bring a reconciliation back to God through Jesus Christ, his son. And so you and I can be saved or what we call in the old church that we could be born again. Look to your neighbor and say, I'm born again. Would you do that, please? Oh, that's a lot of born again people in this house this morning. Once we are born again, then the Bible teaches us that we then are given the privilege, John chapter one, to be called children of God. He says, then we be taken out of night, brought into light, and now we are part of the family of God. Yes, last night you were in a bar, but before you leave today, you can be a part of the North Wahala family, and what's greater than the North Wahala family is the family of God. You could have put a needle in your arm last night, and while some people won't let you even get a job today, God and write your name in his family tree today if you'll just confess your sins. And see, people can remember it, and remember it, and the government may write it down, but Jesus, our Father, says if you come into my family, I won't even remember it ever again. I'll wipe it out of my mind. That's the God that you serve today. We do all of this this morning so that we might be able to tell one more person if he did it for me, then he also can do it for you. John would take it one step further in John chapter one. He said, in fact, I'm not just a child of God. He said, I was not born with blood. He says, that means I did not inherit this. Mom and daddy, you can't pass it down to your children. They must be born again. He says, secondly, he said, it was not a flesh. It means that you can't work for it. You can't earn it. You can't give enough to get it. It must be by the blood of Jesus Christ. Your name, I'll take it one step further. He says, it's not just the flesh. He said it cannot be the will of man. It means you can't pay a preacher to get it. You can't offer money to buy it. You can't rub elbows at Columbia to get it. You can't know somebody in Cleveland to get it. If you want to be redeemed today, you must be born again by the blood of Jesus and the love of Almighty God. If you believe that, will you give God praise today? He was simply saying in that same verse that we go to chapter 3, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It's not my deepest message this morning, but it's a timely message for people that need it and people who are hurting that needs a reminder that God is madly in love with them. For God so loved the world that he sent, that he gave. It is God, Genesis 3 and 9, be still, Adam. I'm finding you. I will find you. I will make a way. I may have to use some animals in the Old Testament, but there will come a day when the fullness of time comes that I will send my son and then I would never need another animal again be still Adam I why God said he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life the world doesn't understand it. They make fun of us as a country song. It really praises us. It's by Brad Praisley. It's called uh, 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 Crazy Christians. That people don't understand how we, what we do instead of being at the lake every day, we're taking cakes and cards and loving on people. And if some
somebody messes up in our church, we don't condemn them to hell. We don't step on them. We rise up as a body and we let people know that's our family. That's bone of our bone. And yes, they made a mistake, but you know what? The blood, the love of God covers a multitude of sin. I'll prove it to you. In Luke 15, this love was being demonstrated and the church didn't understand it. Somebody in the church got upset. I say the church, I mean religious world. And Joy, they begin to say, he can't be the Messiah. He can't do it because he's eating with April Holbrooks. And you know if he's eating with April Holbrooks, he must not be God. He must not be God because if he really was God, as they told him when the lady with a bad reputation was taking her hair and washing his feet, they said if he really was was the Messiah, he would knew or know what type of woman is touching him. Oh, he knew who she was. She was the very one that he came in the room for. See, but the Pharisees didn't understand that because to eat with sinners and publicans, there was a, a, a no worse thing that you could do. You would bring a bad reputation on the church. Sometimes we're so careful to protect the reputation of the church, we're making a mockery of the holy things of God. I love when they say that there are hypocrites that go to North Wahala. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. That means they've got a chance to be redeemed. I love, I'm a preacher. I don't care if you like it or not, to be honest with you. Uh, I love when they say, Brother Nolan, did you know one of your members got a DUI? I sure did. Yes, I did. What are you going to do about it? I'm going to love them. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I was quiet in here now. I know, I, I know to get there. Brother Nolan, did you know somebody and their husband, they got in a fight? I didn't know that. What are you going to do about it, Pastor? Oh, I'm going to love them. I'm going to plead the blood. I'm going to walk around their house seven times. I'm going to wait till the Holy Ghost shows up. I, I'm going to plead the blood. Brother Nolan, you want to turn them out? No, no, listen. We want to turn out things that we can't relate to. But if you want to get scriptural and talk about turning people out of the church, you really need to understand what Corinthians were saying. But pastor, we're going to hurt the reputation of the church. You know what Paul told the Corinthian church? He said, there's a day right now that there are some big gossipers and idolaters and adulterers and homosexuals. And then the church stood by and Roy, you know what they said? They said, preach, preacher. And you know what Paul said? He said, and such were some of you. Come on. Oh, don't preach that. Oh, I plead the blood. Yes, you do. And I plead the blood as well. And I plead it over my children. And I plead it over your children. And I plead it over the deacons. And I plead it over the staff. And I plead it over the next person. Why? Because there's nobody perfect in this house. But thanks be the God, there's a reckless love that pursues us. Such were some as you. Let me hurry. I got 15 minutes. Look to your neighbor and say, he's got 15 minutes. He says, you better believe I eat with sinners. He says, I do because I'm after them. Listen to me. Our perfection cannot be in our identification because if our identification is the perfection of the flesh, then we forfeit the right to walk in the spirit. Listen to me, I'm not in my notes here. And if we forfeit the right to walk in the spirit, then we have no currency. Listen to me, we do not have the currency to redeem people. We can boast of our tithe dollars in the flesh and they will pay for parking lots and paint, but our tithe dollars cannot buy in the religious world, in the spiritual heaven where warfare is being fought. The currency that we need is a spiritual currency and when the church is worried about fixing their bow tie for Facebook and not dipping their hands in the basin of a water with feet and a towel we have missed the mark of almighty God 
Six times, listen to me quickly. Six times in Luke, he mentions the word receive. That's why I tell him receive our redemption. It means to eagerly await or expect or look for. Luke 15 and two lets us know that these are the very ones that he came to redeem. He gives us three quick stories. I'm only gonna mention one. Verse three and seven, he begins to talk about a shepherd who would leave the 99 and go after the one. Listen to me very quickly. The story of the pastoral ministry is to provide discipleship and pastoral care. But that pastoral ministry, when it's operating properly, it would have staff and deacons also, according to Acts, that will take care of a lot of the daily duties of the church so that the one will not fall through the cracks. I know you can't shout over that, but it is scripture. Secondly, he mentions that he is God enough to leave the 99, go after the one. Secondly, he's also the one that will sweep all the house because you know you may have 10 children, but if one of your children are hurting, then you're hurting today. And he says, she swept the house until she found the missing coin. That speaks of a necklace that would be in a full array of adornment. And if one part was missing, then everybody that would see that necklace would go, that would be a nice necklace, but she's missing one of the jewels in the necklace. It was God letting us know that he will search the ends of the earth for that one child, that one grandchild, that one backsitting Church of God member until they brought home by the blood of Jesus Christ. And then lastly, real quickly, and then lastly, the one that's been preached, I will give you nothing new but just a reminder. And you know I try to encourage you with a deeper theology, but sometimes just the basic truth will suffice. And then lastly, he tells about a story about a young man in verse 13 that wanted his inheritance. He gathered up all that he had and he went to a far country. The Bible said he wasted on riotous living or loose living, another translation says. It means it was an abandoned, reckless lifestyle. And while he lived that lifestyle, verse 14 said, he spent all that he had and a severe famine came. And when that famine came, he was left without nothing and he became a beggar. The Bible said, where are you at, Aiden? Aiden, if you'll come here, please. Just stay with me. And the Bible said he attached himself to a person of that country. Because when you get to the place that you thought that you wanted to go, to hang out with the people that you thought you wanted to hang with, sometimes you get what you asked for, but you don't want what you got. Come on, somebody. So he joins himself, the scripture said, and it sent him to the fields to feed the swine. You know this. But the Bible says that when we break our attachment with God and join with the attachment of the things that are anti-scriptural, we forfeit our sonship, or I like to say, we trade our sonship for chains, which are slavery. We become slaves to sin. So that young man wasted on a lifestyle and now he finds himself attached to him and the Bible said nobody was given to him. So now he is feeding with the swine. Verse 17, quickly. The Bible then says in verse 17, but he came to his senses. And when he came to his senses, he said, how much more in my father's house do the hired servants have more than I have? And he does something that you and I need to keep practicing. The Bible lets us know, he says, he, I would arise. He came to himself and he said, I will go back to my father's house because I know my father has more than enough. 
off. We preach this that he was wanting just to be a common beggar. I don't believe that. I do believe it in his humility. I do believe that he would accept that. But what I believe the scripture is saying is he's speaking on the magnificent love of the Father. What he is saying is that at the lowest rung in my father's house, my father is giving the slaves, giving the service more than what you can imagine. I come to remind somebody this morning, in your father's house, there is goodness and pleasures forevermore. You serve a loving God today. You serve a magnificent God today. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been. God is madly in love with you today. The Bible said he come to himself and where he once was alienated, now he's humble and broken in this deep sense of unworthiness. Stay with me. The Bible said in verse 18, he sinned against heaven and in the sight and felt no longer to be called his son. The Bible lets us know that we're all just like that. Our righteousness is as guilty as filthy rags. Isaiah said we once were rebels because we rejected the love of God. But see, when you're so far out there, what you need not to do is run anymore, but cast yourself on the mercy of God and realize as you love your children, if you being evil know that you would go to the depths of the earth for your children, how much more would your heavenly father come for you because you belong to him? Can somebody say amen in this house this morning? If you would step right down there and stand there, I want to do something. Verse 20. The Bible said in verse 20 that he got up and he went to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on him. It first speaks to us six quick things as a portrait that the Bible lets us know that there is a father who is looking out the window for every lost child. You hear me today. If you're wayward and you don't know God, he loves you today. Pastor Nolan, I had an abortion. I said he loved you. Brother Nolan, I had this. I did that. They don't know she did this. I'm bound by this. I'm telling you that there is a father who is looking out the window for his child to come home. But Brother Nolan, he's seeing. Brother Nolan, my child is doing things ungodly with the same sex. I'm telling you that God is madly in love with him today. And while the church didn't know how to handle that, we did know how to handle that. We handled that situation the same way we did with the alcoholic, the drug addict, and the adulterer. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ knowing that God will cover a multitude of sins. Stay right there. The Bible said he had compassion on him. We serve a God. Hey, just come up here with me. I can't run back and forth. I'm gonna lose 10 pounds this morning. And the Bible said in verse 20, stay there, listen to me. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. He may disappoint me and his mama. He may do a lot of things, but I'm telling you, he is still my child. Well, my child wouldn't do that. Shame on you. Oh, gosh. I know no, nobody at North Walhalla would do that. But I love these people. That these, these, oh, I love them so much. They need Jesus. Yes, they do. I'll never forget when my older brother got in a fight on the, on the school bus. My dad, we only had one car. It was one of them blue LTD Fords. Anybody remember them boxes? You know what I'm talking about? 
We had four children, mom and daddy in there and grandpa, and that thing would just float like this right here. Anyway, mama was working at a restaurant. Daddy was driving a truck at the time. My older brother couldn't stay out of trouble. I'll never forget him. Russell, he got in a fight with a boy down the road. My daddy was a little crazy. He said something like this, boy, I can't afford to get off work. So we go into their house, and you're going to apologize to that boy and his mama, and I'm going to ask that we take you one day, and they take you the next. That's some crazy stuff right there, amen? <laughs> but that's the way he fell. He couldn't take off work. I'll never forget this. We went to their house, and Anthony Shores where I went to their house, and that woman let my daddy have it about how awful my brother was. I agree, he was awful, amen? But she let him have it. My brother was crazy, my older brother that is. And I'll never forget that. She said, my son didn't do anything wrong, and my son would never do nothing like that. And if you knew how to raise your child, and she was just going off. But what she didn't know behind her, I'll never forget this, her son was waving at us with one finger. Are you with me? Just back there going to town. And I'll never forget that. I said, Daddy, are they crazy? And she's telling me what her child would not do. And she's back there. Her child is just waving at us. I guess that's just a, a salute on the west side of Society Hill. I don't, I don't know. But anyway, anyway, and I knew right then, listen to me, how we have the audacity because your sins and my sins are your sins and my sins and your sins and my sins. We need the blood of Jesus Christ. So I want to be like the Father. Whatever Aim does in this lifetime, whatever he chooses to do, it will be over my prayers. It will be over his blood. It will be over mama's prayers. It will be over the Holy Ghost. But you hear me this morning. I don't care how far he goes. I pray he never goes past Deaton Road. But you hear me. However far he goes, there will be a daddy looking out the window. There will be a mama in prayer. And when he decides to come home, I'm going to kiss his neck, bring him into the fold, and plead the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, do away with that nonsense. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Go to verse 21. I'm just going to read this and I'll close. Verse 21. And the son said to him, the father, I have sinned against heaven and in your son. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. There's a lot of church sons who feel that way. Isaac testified. I only speak not of it, what he testified to, but the testimony. He felt like he was unworthy to be a part of this church. And you and I look at that and we go, Isaac, you must be crazy, but you don't know what he dealt with. Oh, it was nothing big in our eyes, but in his eyes it was. He felt unworthy to be a part of us. We've got to let people know you're just like we are. You don't have to feel unworthy. If God can save mine, he can save yours. We've got to pull that down, church. But Brother Nolan, we're going to let down the hole in this lifestyle. You hear me? The greatest holiness lifestyle is the blood of Jesus Christ. Nothing is more holy than a man or woman's name being written in the Lamb's book of life. You can't get more holiness than that. Pulling sinners out of the fire. My son this week, last two weeks, was received a call to ministry. Then on Thursday night, received the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Listen to me. Russell and I told, I already did it. Russell came to me and said, Neil, you need to remind him he's still a teenager. And Russell was right. I said, son, you're going to mess up. You're going to hurt me at times. But it doesn't mean you're not saved and it doesn't mean you're not called. It doesn't mean you're not baptized. But I know this. 
When you do feel like you have stumped your toe, you come home. We've got to leave the light on, church. They're hurting all around us. Brother Nola, I heard about one of your staff members. I hope you did. I, I pray you did. Brother Nola, I heard about your daddy. I pray that you did. Because I know you to be good church of God people, no for all the people. I know what you did. You put them in their place and you pled the blood of Jesus Christ, didn't you? Because I know you. I know you. Brother Nola, I heard about your wife's brother. I'm sure you did. He's way out there right now. We don't know what's going on. We can't reach him. But I reminded her what God reminded us. There's a call on his life and it will not come back void. And we plead the blood of Jesus Christ over her brother and we declare the goodness of the Lord and it may not happen now, but it will happen in the name of Jesus Christ. What happened to us in the church? Hey, brother, don't let him out hurt our reputation. Oh, my Lord, deliver us from that nonsense. We're worried about people finding out what people do. Deliver us. And I'm not talking about our church. I'm talking about the church. This is a good church. That's why people are coming in left and right because they find love and they find forgiveness. We not change the gospel. Brother, no, you're going to water it down. Then you wasn't here on Wednesday night. You can't preach Jude water down. Amen? Amen. Next verse real quickly. Verse 22. Hallelujah. When the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe. You know this. Put it on my son. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. Verse 23. And bring out the fatted calf. He was our family. We like to eat, don't we, son? Amen. <laughs> Kill it. And let us eat and be merry. Why? For this was my son who was now dead. And he is alive again. He was lost, but now he's found. Just stand with me all over the house. Oh, let us love people again. Oh, let us love people again. Let us love people with a love that cannot be pushed away by religion or politics. I don't care about titles anymore. Let us just love some people and see more souls being saved. Should we ever go a month in this church without somebody being saved? I think not. Should we ever go a season without baptizing somebody in this church as big as we are? I think not. I think we need to plead the blood of Jesus Christ and walk in the love of God. I've come to remind somebody this morning he loves you. He is madly in love with you. Brother Nola, I did something wrong and that's all right. I'm closing. Pastor, I made a mistake. That's okay. Brother Nola, you gonna condone sin? Oh no, I'm gonna get them in the altar and we're gonna pray about it. And we're gonna put it up under the blood. But I know this, I'm gonna keep them church doors open. I don't have the time for you to see my religious trophies. And I don't mean this arrogantly, but if you want to stack religious trophies, I have 20 years of ministry. And I've seen some great things, but when I lay them at the feet of Jesus, they mean absolutely nothing. So while we're so big boasting of what board we sit on and who we know, there's somebody dying on their way to hell. 
Let there be a place in Oconee County that will continue to throw the gospel net and say, you know what? Our doors are open for you. We don't care what you've done or where you've been. Come home. Come home. Would you bow your heads, please, Father? I know no three-point outline. and <laughs> If some of my professors were here, they would probably give me an F on the paper. But in the spirit, though, God, I had one assignment to come tell somebody, remind them that God loves them. Madly in love with them, looking out the window. God, I come to remind families in our church, it's not over to God says it's over. And that God is in love with them. I come to remind my church family to continue to keep that Wahala spirit of loving people through it all. We may not know how to work it out, but you do, God. My job is to plead the blood and love them unconditionally till I see them fully restored. Amen. 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 Father, once again, as we have this all their time, save somebody in this house. With every head bowed and every eye closed, on a count of three, you don't know the Lord. You say, Pastor, I didn't think that a church would accept me. Pastor, I didn't think you would pray for me. I was so bound by, on the count of three, would you come one? Don't worry about what people think. Two, who cares what childish people think? I only care what he says. Three, would you step out by faith? Anybody in this house lost? You don't know the Lord. You don't know him. You've turned your back on him. You're the prodigal that went and you've lived in sin for a season. Come home today. Come home. Brother, I used to sing in the choir. I Listen, that can be restored, but it can't till you step out. I can't do that for you. You've got to do that. Would you step out by faith? That's all right. That's all right. I need some men. I need some men. Tony, Tony, help me, Russell. Amen. That's all right. That's all right. Oh, I wish you'd give God a hand clap of praise. I sure would. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. I wish somebody gossip about that. That'd make me feel good this morning. Amen. It sure would. When somebody says, Brother Nolan, are you going to give somebody another chance? 70 times 7, 100 times 100 until God calls them home. That's exactly what we're going to do. Amen. Stretch your hand this way. We got good minutes. Listen, praying through, praying through, praying through. Anybody else? Anybody else? Say, Pastor Nolan, I want to come pray. I want to come home. So that's what I want to do. You said, Brother Nolan, I just need a touch this morning. And you've reminded me that God loves me. Would you step out right now? Let me pray with you. Anybody need a touch of God? Just a reminder. Maybe you're going through a trial. Maybe you're going through a situation. They're coming. They're coming. Would you right now step out? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Step out by faith. By faith. Come on, sister. Come on. Denise, would you help me right here, please? Come on right here. Right here. We're going to pray for Brother Edwards. Is that the right name? Amen. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Denise, Pastor Smith, would you guys anoint her? I'm coming. You pray though. Amen. Amen. Wow. God's in the house. God's in the house. God's in the house. Hallelujah. To thine be the glory. My, my, my. This is why we come to church, Joe. This is why we come to church. Somebody asked me last night, does the church of God still give altar calls? You better believe we do. You better believe we do. Why? So lives can be transformed by the glory of God. Anybody else in this house? 
Anybody else's house? That's what I want you to do then while they begin to sing. If you feel comfortable, grab the person's hand beside of you. And why don't you pray for these at the altar? Then pray for yourselves. Help say, God, help me love people. And show them the way. Would you do that? One of our young men are going to serve us, serve the country. Amen. We're so proud of him. Mom and dad has done an outstanding job. Pastor Russell, now our college and career pastors as well, Chris and Whitney. Also this church, you've done an outstanding job. This is a fine young man right here. He's come to the house many times late at night. We just talk about faith and church and family and life and just a good young man. So why don't we find out his address when we're able to write him. Let's just kind of bombard him. We're loving our people. You saw in the bulletin today, our shut-in of the month. There's an address for you to send cards and Reese cups. Brother Alexander wants that. And um, we have family. We had Brother Titshaw came in this morning. I saw Brother and Sister Owens back with us. Been sick a while. These are good people. This is our church. This is a good church right here. Amen. We're not perfect. We've got things that go on. We're not ashamed of the gospel. We're not ashamed to love people, no matter what. Get out in the community this week. No matter what they've done, invite them. We can handle it through the Holy Ghost. We can handle all things, and through this word, God will guide us and direct us. What we can't work out, he can, amen? Amen, what a good day. Also, we remind you as we close in prayer, service tonight, 515 prayer room across the road. Tonight, Pastor Russell is gonna be bringing the word. If you hadn't heard him preach, he's an excellent preacher, compassionate preacher. Um, and let me just go ahead and put you on notice here while I'm closing. Next weekend, he will be gone. Uh, he's actually serving me, in a sense. Uh, one of my close friends, Pastor of the River Life Church of God in uh, Conway, passed away last week. I went to the funeral on Monday and Tuesday. They needed a man that has compassion and wisdom to fill in for a weekend. And I find nobody greater with compassion and wisdom than Pastor Baldwin. So I'm going to send him and his wife. Let me back up. You're sending him and his wife. Um, that church is a little smaller than ours. We told them we need nothing. We don't need an honorarium. That our church would take care of that. And we go to a church that is hurting right now because their pastor passed away. His wife will be there and his family will be there. And I know that God is going to anoint Pastor Russell to give a word. Amen. How, how many of you believe that? Amen. I know that. I know that. Amen. Amen. Russell, if you want to get, go to the front door, please. I love each of you. I hope you enjoy the sermon today. I, I know that you've enjoyed church. It wasn't the most polished of any message I preached. It was simply a word that God gave me to tell you and remind you of his love that will constantly pursue you and your family. He is a good God and he loves us today. Amen. If you get nothing else that was said, that'll suffice with me. Father, we love you and we thank you. It has been good to be in the house of the Lord. You've reminded us of a pursuit that you've started before the world was formed. Genesis 3 and 9, that you told us one more time that you would find us. Throughout the Old Testament, as Hosea searched for his wife, who was going in the back uh, in the lifestyle of adultery. And God, as he went back to find her, found her on a trading block, on a slave block, and bought her back when others thought she was worthless. It is the picture of not only Israel, but it's the picture of the church, the picture of those who've been redeemed when we were all out in sin and nobody found any good in us. You did, God, and you came and rescued us. I'm so glad, as the old Southern Gospel said, song said, you came looking for me and you found me and cleaned me up.
and turn my life around. If you can do it for me, you can do it for anybody. Be with these good people, God, these great people. In Jesus' name, as we come back, keep us safe. Amen. God bless you. You're free to go.